This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? I hope you enjoyed the worship, and I hope you had a a great Christmas with family and friends. So here we are. We're concluding our series today, Advent in expectation of his arrival, and we're concluding with what Advent was originally really about, which was anticipation of his second coming, not his birth. It's kind of evolved over the years and centuries to be a more of a focus during Christmas, Um, but I wanted to end it with um, really in expectation of his arrival and encourage everybody through the scripture of his return, all right? And so this is gonna be a real basic uh, message about the re- the second return, okay? Uh, the, the second coming of Christ, all right? So I know eschatology, there is a million books out there that go into depth of all kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, but we're really just gonna talk about how we should live, how we should walk and live this life with a faith resting in uh, Christ with us, but also the fact and the truth that he's going to return one day. So here we go. Um, This is a big part of the scripture. If you just do a, a little study of where does the scripture talk about Jesus coming back again, I'm telling you, church, it is everywhere. Okay, it's an Old Testament prophecy. It's the, literally the book of Revelation is framed around that. Um, and then you see it in Thessalonians. You see Jesus talked about it in the Gospels. I mean, it is literally all over the place. I think it's in there more than we realize. So it's important. This is important to the word of God. It's very important to our faith. And so I'm gonna open us up in prayer and I'm gonna read uh, portions of scripture, right? Just to highlight uh, how much in the word of God it speaks of Jesus coming again and the reason for that, the, 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 the big why. Why was God so clear to us that he's coming again? Why? What does that do for us now? You know, so we're gonna ju- jump into this. So uh, let's pray and then, and then we'll jump into the word. So Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you for this season. We thank you for, Lord, your grace and your goodness as we close out this year, and Lord, we step into a new year. We thank you for everything you've done in and through us. We thank you for your living word. Speak to us today uh, by your spirit. Holy Spirit, anoint this moment. Speak to us. Give us revelation. Stir us in the things of God today. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said Amen. All right, let's do this, folks. Let's jump in here. So I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, chapter 4, verses 13 to 18, okay? So I'm going to read a portion of scripture here that that just highlights Jesus coming again. So here we go. Um, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. Okay, he's talking to the church concerning those who have fallen asleep. What he means by that, have died, okay? Have died naturally, Uh, lest you sorrow as others have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. 
There is a resurrection, okay? We will return to him. Verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, it's talking about the second coming, will by no means precede those who are asleep. Verse 16, for the Lord himself, <coughs> excuse me, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, all right? Uh, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first, okay? We all, those that have died and those that will be here when he returns, we will all be caught up with him. He will descend and he will receive us to himself. So like I said, this is really basic, but my heart is that it just encourages you that how much of our faith is really tied and connected. Our hope is tied to the truth that Jesus is coming again. So that is my first point, as simple as it may seem, Jesus is coming back, all right? That Jesus is coming back. He will return for his bride. All right, verse 17, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. The word rapture is not in the scripture. Um, that's where the word rapture comes from. If you didn't know that, that's where theologians and historians have kind of come up with the word rapture, a catching up to be caught up. That's what rapture means. So that is literally where it's from. Then we who are alive and return shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back, folks. All right. And, and, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, this is my heart today. Okay. This is what today's about as far as the word. Therefore, comfort one another with these words, right? Um, you know, as tough as life can be, as hard as it is at times, as confusing or our questions or, you know, life isn't easy. We all know that. And so this ought to comfort us to know that we will be with the Lord always. One day we will be with him always. We, we are, our hope isn't just restricted or reserved for this life. That is not the hope that God gives. And we, when speaking of Advent, right, it is about expectation and hope and, and expectation of his arrival. You know, one of the first candle we lit, right, was the hope candle, the prophecy candle. What does that mean? That the prophets have spoken of a coming king and they have also spoken of a returning king and his name is Jesus. So this Today, I hope and pray comforts and encourages you that our faith is, is connected to God's eternal promise that we will be with him forever. There will be no more dying there. There will be no more tears there. I remember, we remember ch telling our children that there won't be any tears in heaven. I remember telling Nico, you know, um, you know, at the time he was like six or five or six and he said, well, will there be happy tears there? And I was like, man, that's a good question. I don't see why not, right? Because we will be rejoicing, but there won't be tears of sadness. They will be gone. We will not shed tears anymore. We will be with the Lord forever. All right, 
Look at the person next to you and tell them, Jesus is coming back. All right, come on, shake somebody. Grab a hold of somebody if you're with anybody and tell them Jesus is coming back. All right, so here we go. First Thessalonians uh, chapter five, verse five to, to, oh, sorry, not, not five, verse one. So first Thessalonians five, verse one to six. I'm gonna read it here. I'm gonna read it quickly. Once again, first Thessalonians five, verse one. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Verse three, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. Verse four, but you brethren are not in darkness. Somebody say praise the Lord. So that this day, capital D, the day of the Lord, this day, shall, this day should overtake you as a thief. He, it, he will come as a thief, right? This is gonna happen as a thief. The Lord comes as a thief, but because of our faith in him, because we're walking with him, this day does not overtake us like a thief. The second return of Christ, the second coming, the catching up, the, in the Greek, the parousia, the, the, the being caught up, the arrival of Christ and the church being caught up, you know, it w- should not overtake us as a thief and it should not be um, an aspect or, or some type of fear as a result. It is not, it is not fear. Uh, his second coming for us is not fear. His second coming is hope and joy and rejoicing. All right, that's what the Bible says in verse four here. But you brethren are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Somebody say, praise the Lord. All right, when we talk about him coming back, it should not produce terror or fear in us at all. That is unscriptural. It is not of God. If we're not living right, and and, and it produces a, a, a conviction to live right, hallelujah. But as we walk with God, as we are living with God, this does not produce a fear that like we're gonna be overtaken like a thief. Why? Because we know him, we are walking with him, and we are in anticipation of his arrival. We're in expectation. Verse five, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Book of Ephesians says, we were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Verse six, therefore, let us not sleep as others do. And he's speaking of spiritual slumber. Let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober, okay? So here's my next point, folks. We don't know the day or the hour. It will not overtake us like a thief. It is nothing to be fearful of. It is something to be full in faith about, but praise the Lord, the day or the hour is not for us to know or even to understand. Our job, is to live for him and to be in expectation of his arrival. We do not know the day or the hour. We are not, and you know what? There's so many eschatology. I'm going to try to say this word. Eschatological books. There, I got it out. I'm not going to try it again. But so many books out there concerning eschatology, which is the end times, which is, um, you know, 
um, you know, Armageddon and all this stuff, right? Um, and it's really popular now since COVID hit, right? All this stuff is real popular now. And, 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 and even some pastors out there, man, like, I'm like, man, you, you look like your, some pastors even post stuff. They're like in fear. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're posting stuff. It's like, man, there, there is nothing to be fearful about. All right. The, in Christ, there is nothing to be fearful about. It does not overtake us like a thief, but we don't know the day of the hour. And all these books out there, they, they claim to know the day of the hour. Maybe not all of them, but they try to, but the scripture is very clear. The Bible says angels don't even know. The Bible says when Jesus walked earth, Jesus even said the son doesn't know only the father. So what makes you think somebody, some theologian out there that's trying to formulate some kind of formula based on, um, you know, these apocalyptic prophecies in scripture, and they, they think they got it all figured out. Um, you don't know the day or the hour. Everybody that has said he was going to come back, look, we're still here and he hasn't come back yet. Somebody say, man, we don't know the day or the hour. That That is a beautiful thing. That is something that is not my concern. That is God. That is on God. My job is to be an expectation. My job isn't to try to figure out something that he has not revealed that is yet a mystery. It is my job to be a person of faith and, and in expectation of his return. Matthew 24, verse 44. Here we go again. Many times in scripture, it says this again. We don't know the day or the hour. Here's another one. Matthew 24, verse 44. Therefore, you also be ready. So that's the point. Be ready. Look at the person next to you and say, people, get ready. Come on now. Look at somebody and say, get ready. Right? Get right. Come on now. If there's stuff in your life you haven't dealt with, if there's sin in your life, if there's secret sin, sin behind closed doors, you got stuff in your closet, deal with it. Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to deliver you. Don't hold on to that stuff. Quit hiding that stuff. Come on, get rid of it. Get it out there. Confess it. Repent. Turn. I'm telling you, sin is a killer. Sin will kill you. Sin will destroy you. Sin will destroy you. Come on, somebody. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. But for grace to abound in our life, for us to actually experience it and walk in it, man, we got to repent, right? We got to turn. We have to be open and 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 uh, vulnerable before the Lord with what we're dealing with. Every last one of us is dealing with something. Every last one of us, God is dealing with, touching, convicting, leading, guiding, bringing light to dark things in us. Come on now. If we're honest, we all have some work to do in God's presence through his word. We can all be maybe just a little bit more like Jesus. So what is what is this second coming? What is the this the meaning? What is the big idea about the second coming of Christ? Matthew 24, 44 says it. Therefore, you also be ready. There's a song out there. It goes something like this. Uh, people get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be going home. All right, look it up. Crystal Lewis wrote it. Um, I think in saying that, that's, that's a little bit of 90s, you know, uh, you know uh, Christian music for you. But people get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be going home, all right? And so therefore you also be ready. We, we ought to have this in our spirit. Our friends around us, our Christian brothers and sisters, we need to help each other get ready. We need to help, we need to be 
the accountability partner of those in our inner circle. We need each other. We, we have blind spots. We all have stuff we don't see. We all have weaknesses. We all have uh, propensities and proclivities towards things that are not of God. We all are easily tempted in some area, all of us. Our humanity is funny sometimes. Come on, somebody. Uh, you look at your neighbor and say, I can get funny sometimes. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, I need the Christ in you. And so here it is, right? My next point is this. Be ready for his return. Be ready. Therefore, you, you know, you got the, you got the, the wise virgins and the foolish virgins and the, the white, you know, the whole, the, the parable Jesus told about the wise and the foolish and the wise were ready. They're, 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 they're their lanterns were lit, right? You got to keep that Holy Spirit fire burning, right? Uh, therefore, you also be ready. Um, I don't. I can't get you ready. You got to get ready. I can't be. You know your. Uh, I am not your Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody, look at the person next to you. Tell them I ain't the Holy Spirit, right? So what does that say? That we are responsible to get ready. This is you. This is you and the Lord. This is you and the Lord. We don't know the day or the hour. And so be ready for his return. All right. For the son of man is coming at an hour. You do not expect. Get ready. Come on. Get ready. Get ready. Get right. Pursue God. Surrender all. Worship him. Give him your life. Give him everything. Put it all on the altar. Daily seek him. Come on now. Let's give our life to Jesus daily. Jesus, this life is yours. Jesus, everything, it's all yours. All right, here we go. Here we go. Second Peter chapter three, all right, verse 10. I'm gonna read to verse 12, okay? So this is three verses. Second Peter three ten. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. Other versions said with a shout, or other scripture in Thessalonians said with a shout. So there's a noise, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. I'm telling you, this natural world is going to burn with a fervent heat one day. I think we put too much stock, we put too much value in natural things, not to say they aren't a part of life. And that this, I'm not saying this created natural world is evil by any means. It's not. God created it, but. The, the value we place on natural things over Christ and the spirit of God and the purpose of God, you know, we need to deal with that. Uh, this natural world is not eternal. And what is it that you're going to you're going to walk into eternity with? Be good stewards of that. The word of God, the, the message of the gospel, uh, you know, the, how do you do that? Prayer. Worship, you know, community, uh, fellowship, the gathering of the saints, all those things have eternal rewards and eternal significance. All right. So it's going to burn with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Come on. Bye bye. All right. Peace out. Verse 11. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you be? Ought you 
to be in holy conduct and godliness. Think about it. It's talking about lifestyle here. Like the second coming isn't about figuring out all the intricacies of, of every little detail and, and acting like we know the day or the hour or that we have this. I mean, a lot of this is mystery, but but the heart of his second coming, the purpose in the scriptures is saying, get ready. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Praise the Lord. Because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. All right. So here, here it is, folks. Here's my next point. At his arrival, at his arrival, will give an account. The second coming of Christ speaks to the fact that all of humanity is accountable. And I'll say this, Christ followers, those that even love Jesus, those that are walking with God, we will give an account. We will give an account. We're not saved by works. This isn't a works thing, but we will give an account. We will give an account. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? This ought to cause us to desire God, to want to love him and know him, to be ready. All right. Here it is. Next verse. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 27 and 28. All right. We at his arrival, all of humanity must give an account. Hebrews 9, 27. And as it is appointed for men to die once, there's no reincarnation. We die once. But after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Look at that, right? When he returns, we will give an account. It's amazing right here. These two verses right here. It, it, it speaks of eternal accountability. That we will give an account. We're accountable. We're accountable. We will give an account. All right. And, 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 and with the thought of eternity and giving an account. All right. It, it, it then immediately goes into you know, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. Praise the Lord to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin, but for salvation. Let this comfort you, church. Let this um, stir you to want to live for God all the more. As we, as we uh, exit this year, all right, go into the new year, let this be an encouragement to you that, that our life for God, before God, pursuing God, the kingdom of God, you know, the, the his plan, his purpose, his idea, he, what he wants. I mean, that is what this life is about. I mean, all this other stuff, there's nothing um, innately wrong, even with those, the, just the other parts of life. It's, 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 it's the beauty of life, to live life. But let's, let's allow Christ to be our everything. I mean, everything. I mean, the center of our marriage, the center of our parenting, the, the center of our, um, 
vocation, the center of our education, the why behind what I'm doing. God, where are you leading me? What do you want from me? Lord, how do I live for you? How do I, you know, um, you know, lay aside everything like, God, this is all for you. I want to be a worshiper. I want to be consumed with zeal for your house, God. Like, let this, let this stir that in you, this fresh surrender, this, this, this willingness and fire to go after God with everything, to be what it is, as a word says, you know, um, you know, to be a, a seeker of God, to seek and to find, to ask and it will be given, to knock and the door will be open. Let's be, you know, God chasers, God pursuers, right? Let the, the knowledge and the scriptural premise of the second coming of Christ be part of the motivation to solely live for him and to dedicate your life and all of what the existence of life means to you, to him. Hallelujah. And I don't say that just for this life. I say that for, for eternal reasons, right? For eternal reasons, for eternal reasons. All right, so here's my next point. Be found watching for God, right? Let's be found seeking God. Let's be found watching for God. As Hebrews 9.28, we just read, says, to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, all right? Mark chapter 13 Mark chapter 13, verse 32 to 37. And I know I'm reading a lot of scriptures, but uh, and just huge portions here because um, there's so much in here. And I think I just wanted to encourage you. I want you to um, feel the comfort and experience the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the, the comfort we find simply from the scripture. Verse 32 of Mark 13, but of that day and hour, no one knows. There we go again. No one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. Verse 33, take heed. Here it is. Take heed, watch and pray. So once again, verse 33, take heed, watch and pray, right? Be found watching for God, for you do not know when the time is. Verse 34, it is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to a servant. Hello, church, we're the servants of the Lord. We've been given authority and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Verse 35, watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. Watch, watchful, all right? Uh, you don't know... Uh, when the master of the house is coming in the evening at, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster or in the morning, verse 36, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. He finds you sleeping, finds you spiritually dead, finds you spiritually lethargic, right? Verse 37, and what I say to you, I say to all, watch. All right, so, so once again, that point right there, be found watching for God. Um, this, this ought to be the posture of every Christian believer. The Bible says, watch and pray. 
He says, watch in just these few ver verses a lot. And he ends it, verse 37. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Be alert, spiritually alert. How do we, how do, we do that? It's always this correlation, this connection with prayer. It's always this correlation with faith, watching. Be sober, alert, all right? Uh, be people that are awake, spiritually awake, you know? Awake from your spiritual slumber, right? Rise up in the call of God. Rise up in the presence of God, in the purpose of God. Uh, you know, allow the, the spirit of God to breathe life into you. Watch and pray, all right? We wanna be people, you know, that, that are eagerly waiting for him, all right? Once again, like, I love this verse in Hebrews 9.28, the end part, to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin, but for salvation. Hallelujah. Let's go to another verse here, guys. Luke chapter 12, verse 35 to 40. Once again, there is this alertness God wants to have us to have, not a fear of the future, fear of what's going to happen, but watchfulness. To be somebody that is spiritually alert, spiritually aware, all right? This is what the second coming, the, the truth in the word and the, the teaching of this, this is what it should produce, comfort and watchfulness. Comfort and what? Not just letting anything come into your life, not just letting any relationship form, but, but that you're watchful. Is, it, is this person going to cause me to grow in my faith? Is this person gonna challenge me in my walk with God? Is this person gonna encourage me and comfort me in the things of God? Is this person spiritual? Is this person um, going to give and receive in, in, in a spiritual sense? Is this, is this uh, a healthy exchange? Is this gonna do more for me than just... Um, just um, um, shared interest and, you know, we like the same things and we laugh at the same jokes and we do the same kind of stuff. That's all great, has its place, but I'm saying when it comes to eternity, you got to have eternity in mind when you form relationships. You got to have eternity in mind of who, who you invest in and who you allow to invest into you. All right, so let's go to another one. Luke chapter 12. Verse 35 to 40, it just goes on. Speaking of being watchful, look at this. Luke 12, 35, let your waist be girded. And that's also a reference in Ephesians 6 that uh, the full armor of God, the Bible says, let your waist be girded with truth, okay? So let your waist be girded, meaning prepared and ready to run for God. That's what it means. It's like they would gird their, their garments um, around their waist so they could run into battle. Okay, so that's the no, it's a notion of alertness, of readiness, of the willingness to move forward in the things of God. So let your waist be girded and look at lamps burning. The fire of the Holy Spirit, the revelation of the word. Keep that stuff burning, folks. Keep that Bible open. Keep those ears listening to the word. Keep your prayer life going. Keep communion and fellowship with Jesus. Keep, you know, let your waist be girded. Let your lamps be burning. Come on now. Look at somebody and say, make sure that waist is girded and then lamps is burning. Come on now. 
verse 36. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master. Wait, anticipation, advent, in expectation of his arrival. When he will return from the wedding. That when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Verse 37, blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. That the master will find us watchful. Will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Verse 38. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. Blessed are you when Jesus returns and he finds you watching, finds you anticipating, finds you in faith. Verse 39. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Verse 40, therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Therefore, Hopeland Church, get ready. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. All right, folks, in anticipation of his arrival, um, I just want to go through uh, the points real quick here, and then we're going to conclude in, in the book of Hebrews and uh, really sum this up like that. I, I want you to walk away from this with obviously just some general knowledge of the second coming of, of Christ's return, which many of us know this, but it's just good to hear it in so many other places and some of the context of it. Um, and then I want to, I just want to end with the two main things, really the two takeaways. This, this is what matters. When it comes to the second coming, there's two things that really matter. Okay. Now, uh, I just want to highlight those at the end here, but here we go. First point, as we already talked about, but Jesus is coming back. All right. Uh, say that to somebody. Jesus is coming back. Uh, next one, right? We don't know the day or the hour. We don't know. We don't know. Angels don't know. Only the Father knows, all right? And um, next one, right? Remember, be ready for his return. This isn't about being just a good church person or, I don't know, making your parents happy with your life. Pray, yes, do that. Make them happy. But I mean, be ready for his return. Let, let, let's think that way. Let's have a let's have eternity in mind. Let's be driven by eternity. I think even in the church world, even those in ministry and pastors sometimes, we can lose sight of what ought to drive us, and it ought to be eternity. So be ready for his return. Next one. At his arrival, we'll give an account. Can I get an amen? At his arrival, we will all give an account. As appointed man wants to die after that, the judgment, we are all accountable. The second coming speaks to the fact that humanity is accountable. All right. Uh, here's the next one. Be found watching for God. Be found watching for God. All right. As we read in Luke chapter 12, verse 37, blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. 
Master, blessed are we when he returns that we are found watching, that we are found watchful, we're found alert. Uh, Mark 13, remember I read this, take heed, watch, and pray, all right? And verse 37 of Mark 13, and what I say to you, I say to all, this is the words of Jesus, one word, watch. What I say to you, I say to all, watch, all right? So we're gonna end with this, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, here we go. Let us hold fast the confession. Look at somebody say, be watchful. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. All right, you know you can live a Christian life and not be wavering all the time, tossed around by everything. Uh, as Ephesians says, when it speaks of the fivefold ministry gifts and offices, he gave these to the church, apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, for the equipping of the saints, for the edification of the body of Christ, right? And the purpose of these gifts to the church and these offices of spiritual leadership, it says that we wouldn't be tossed about by every wind of doctrine. And it's saying here in verse 23 of Hebrews 10, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Verse 24, and let us consider one another. I want to end with this right here, this thought, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see, here is that word again, capital D, the day approaching, all right? But exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We are closer to his return today than we were yesterday. And I wanna really end with this. This is my last point, is to be found in community. This is part of this. And I mentioned just a second ago, the two main things concerning the second coming is this, that we are personally accountable. We must be personally watchful personally on fire for God, personally pursuing Jesus, personally going after him, having an intimate and personal relationship with God in Christ, right? That, that is, that, that's number one. What's number two is that we are connected in community, that these are the two things, even in the context of the scripture, it's leading to speaking of his second coming. And it says, all the more, even more as we see the day approaching. It says this, listen to this, verse 24, and let us consider one another. This faith that you have and that is in you is not just about you. It's about you and your personal accountability to God. There's an eternal accountability. We are accountable and, and it's personal and it is intimate. And, but also it says, I mean, the, the flip side of that is the reason for the hope, the reason for our faith and the reason for uh, us to be in expectation is, is that we bring this and bring this into community, bring this into fellowship. It says 24 and let us and and let us consider one another 
in order to stir up love and good works. I mean, sometimes you, you, we might be so uh, passionate about our own personal pursuit of God and we lose sight of the body of Christ and one another, that we need one another, that the, the second coming and as the day approaches, it should drive us and compel us and the Spirit of God lead us into local church community, that this is where hope is. It's in the fellowship. It says in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling, the assembling of ourselves together. Don't let the devil steal what God wants to do in you in community. Don't allow anything to, to rob you of community and connection and gathering with God's people in church. Come on. Uh, that's what it says there. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but but why? why? Why is it important? Why? Exhorting one another, encouraging one another, comforting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Personal uh, anticipation of his return and connection and community is the answer to the, the, the dark days we live in. It is the answer, all right? So be found watchful, church, and be found in community. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, Join us for one of our weekend gatherings and don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.